Blog Talk Radio. The great city playboys, they're always around to help build your home up and help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. So now you're in, and now you won't bag out. Good evening, Mains. Welcome to Blaze and Rye Radio. I don't know what today is. Oh, it's, it's Wednesday, September 25th, 2013. You're checking in with your smoking nephew, Blazing Rye, on the ones and twos, and I'd like to welcome the shot A to my batter and wah, Jonathan Weeks. Jonathan Weeks, how are you? Girl, I want to make a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 push it, push it no more. I like that, man. I'm doing well, man. I am happy to be back. Happy you're back. Happy. It's you turned older, man. Congratulations. You are the man. Thank you. Yes. Well, since we didn't have an episode last week, the only thing I can promise for tonight is we got double the jokes tonight in the jack-off. So, you know, get your lubricants ready because there's going to be some multiple gasms. That's right. It's going to be real messy tonight, real messy. <laughs> so what is going on with you, my friend? I haven't spoken to you in two weeks. Two weeks? I know. It's Oh, my goodness. Uh, nothing new with me, really. Uh, you know, just been working, been doing a little twerking. And uh, just hitting the books, you know. That's just uh, that's just how I do, you know. No, uh, real boring. I haven't done much. I haven't been back to uh, in like over a month and a half. So it's uh, it's been a while. But I got some trips planned up, and uh, uh and it's gonna take a little vacation uh, in about two weeks. So look forward to that. Now you say you say that uh, you constantly since you know for as long as I've known you. You say that you're hitting them books. John Weeks, you completed every single school that you can possibly complete. Complete? What <laughs> books are you hitting now? <laughs> uh, you know, it's just my favorite saying. I used to always say it in college with my buddies. Uh, Weeks, what are you doing this weekend? Hitting them books. Weeks, uh, you know, what about tonight? What are we going to do? Hitting them books. You know, that's just, uh, that's just how I do. Real nerd style. You got to nerd it up. You know, that's how it is. <laughs> One of my uh, good friends from high school always had this real good quote I always lived by. He said, walk like a jock, but think like a nerd. And th- that's how you do it. You, know? you, you Wait, was he from Boston? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was from, uh, he was from Connecticut. He, actually, he's living in Boston now. That's a good good guess. Well, you said walk like a shark. He sounded like Kennedy. His name was uh, Eric Baker. He was a good kid. He's a, he's an engineer now. Was he related to Patrick Baker? Uh, I, I maybe. I I, I hope not. <laughs> so so uh, John Weeks, you know what I was thinking about tonight? I do some real weird vocal warm ups before the show sometimes, and uh, whoever you know, sometimes there are people that call in before the show 
starts to air, and whoever is calling in prior to 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 the show going on, I have a hot mic going. I don't turn the mic off, so they hear me saying crazy shit like rubber baby <laughs> buggy bumpers and red leather yellow leather and uh, the awfulest thistle, the successful thistle sifter sifted a thistle of unsifted thistles. What do you think about that? Oh my god, I think that's a, that's a special skill right there. I could never do that. That's that's got talent right there. Talent written all over it. Well, you know, when Lindsay Strawn and I uh, performed together for the first time in 12 years, she and I were going and doing our old, uh, the old vocal warm-ups from ECA. Shout out, it's okay, we're ECA. Shout out to the Elm City, baby. Uh, and it was uh, very nostalgic to be doing, you know, the awfulest thistled and what to do to die today and Peter Piker, the pickle pepper picker, all that with Lindsay once again a couple uh, weeks ago or months ago now. Yeah, well, it's funny like that. It's a small world and... Uh... Things come around, you know. It's it's uh, it's 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 important to treat people well, cause uh, you know, and have a good time, cause you know you're gonna you're gonna be working with these people uh, down the lo- down the road, cause you guys are in the same industry, and you're great kids, great talented, great kids. My 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 performance with Lindsay wasn't so great as uh, probably yours. Remember that one, uh, you know, about six seven years ago? That was probably the most awkward uh, experience I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about we're talking about when we used, when we went to see our friend Lindsay's uh, play, and she was not expecting to see us. And I don't know, you know, I mean, she came to my play. I figured I'd reciprocate and come to hers. Didn't think she'd be freaked out. But I don't know she what was, it was, but, you know, she, all, she all was, of a sudden three people, from her, three people from her past show up. What? Yeah, she was very cool with you, but then when I came out, she was like, what the hell? She was like, no, this is totally off limits. Oh, man, it was bad. No. Though she knew, she recently, I was telling her um, when we were rehearsing that show uh, about how you were about to turn 30 uh, and you were like, what am I doing with my life? And she goes, he's an attorney. <laughs> so she knows about you. <laughs> wow, that is, yeah, that, that she does, she does. I don't know if that's a good <laughs> does thing. Does that freak but, you yeah. out a little? It does. It does freak me out a little bit. It was a little like you know when I saw her. If, if you ever seen the interactions between uh, Rosie O'Donnell and uh, Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm? <laughs> Are you Rosie? <laughs> yes, exactly. I was Rosie. <laughs> How is it like between Larry and Rosie? They, they beat each other up every time they see each other, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. They do. It was. It was it was on that level of awkwardness, without the interaction. That's how. <laughs> Just a reminder: if you guys have any problems you want to talk to Doctor Drew Nathan Weeks about, the call-in number is nine one seven three eight eight four one three one. Again, that's nine one seven three eight eight four one three one. And just make sure you dial the number one so that I know you're hanging on the line to talk to Jonathan Weeks uh, about and he can solve your problems. Uh, so, uh, Jonathan, are you thirsty? Can I get you a nice wiener spitzer? Yes, please. Get me one. I love that. <laughs> Let me tell you that this this morning, all right, one of my colleagues, let's call him mm, Max, right? M-A-X, like Maximilian. We'll call him that. He, okay. I hear him uh, turn to my colleague Michael today. And Max has had his iPhone 5 for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. I shit you not, Max turns to Michael and says, hey, 
Where where is the headphone jack for this thing again? <laughs> and Michael was about to lose his mind. He was like, you had the phone a month and a half. You don't know where the headphone jack is. I guess what happened is the, the Max got a case, so he didn't, you know, the thing was covering where the jack was. But still, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> you got to know where that is, you know, especially if you're going to spend so much money on that thing. Jeez. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of technology, I read today that the new Amazon Kindle, it's called like Kindle 3HDX with the side of fries, and it has <laughs> this feature where you just tap a button and a customer service representative pops up in a video and starts talking to you. Now, that is the guy in the computer that we've been talking about. You gotta be kidding me! Are you effing kidding me? Oh this my is our God. idea. This is our idea. This is this is stuff for real, is this? I mean, let's face it. Whoever is buying these Amazon Kindle Fire HDs, whatever, they are definitely searching pornography. And this customer service rep, this this guy or woman, is the key to all their success in finding the material. But hey, I, I, I agree with that completely. That's why it's become so popular, you know, and that's why I had to say, and I know what you're talking about because I saw an article on it. The names keep getting more, if you ask me, more like triple X rated. They become more like, uh, more sinister in adults, you know, it's like an HX, the triple X, the, the Kindle Fire triple X version. It's like, it's like something you can find in an adult video store now. I, I can go to that, um, those ridiculous stores in Connecticut find one of those there. It's just, I think it's just a prime tool for pornography. And I think this customer service agent who pops up in the middle of nowhere on your computer and knows exactly what you want, it's just the best idea ever. Didn't I say this four months ago? Yes, I'm telling you, man. Amazon took our idea and now they're selling their, listen, if you have an X and a D, when I was coming up, you got problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you definitely got some problems on that one, man. That, that's just, uh, you know, these, these things are getting ridiculous. They're selling out like wildfire over there. Oh, these triple X rated, uh, you know, uh, uh, Amazon Fire triple X porn uh, site uh, machines is ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I just want to mention to everyone, apologies for not having a chat room tonight. I left my charger in Los Angeles. So I, can't, I do not have access to the chat room on the device from which I am running the show, which is an iPad Touch. I have no no uh, way to get the chat room on the iPad. So apologies to that. If you need to talk to us and you don't want to call in, all you do is you tweet at Blazing Rye uh, backstage, which is at br backstage. Pretty simple to remember. Br backstage. All right, so apologies for no chat room. That's the reason we'll have the chat room up and running next week, I think. Um, so uh, let me let me just check and see if we have any any callers, John Week, because I'm running I'm running the whole shebang from this one thing. I can't see more than one thing at a time here. Okay, no callers yet. So if anyone needs to, a problem being solved, nine one seven three eight eight four one three one. Now we I forgot about this. I wanted to set the scene for you here. Now, do you remember when I went over to Tom Fogarty, uh, his apartment on Waverly Place, to watch the MTV Video Music Awards a few Sundays ago? 
Of course. You saw, you saw Molly twerking with the wizard. <laughs> yeah, and then the wizard was twerking on Instagram after that. So we have, oh, um, th- this is the scene. I get there, and Fogarty is to my right in his chair. He's a little like Archie Bunker with that chair, although I think that chair used to be on the other side. Now he's on now he's on the right. He used to be on now he's upstage right. He used to be upstage left. So we have the wizard in the chair upstage right. I'm center uh, I'm up no, I'm upstage center I'm upstage center right. Okay, I'm sitting on the couch and then in front of me to the left is the dog, Otto is the dog's name. And then to my left, sitting upstage left is uh, uh, Tom Fogarty's wife, Leslie. Okay, so his wife, Leslie, to my left, the wizard to my right, and the dog is in front of me to the left. This is the scene. Now, I want to be very clear, this is what happened. Uh, Okay. I, uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis kept getting nominated for awards. Bear in mind (laughs) that we're sitting there with his wife herself. Now, Tom Fogarty turns to me, and while Macklemore and Ryan Lewis are, they're playing a clip from them, and he turns to me and he says, which one of those would you rather fuck? And I was like, <laughs> I, was like <laughs> I was like, well, probably Ryan Lewis, you? And he goes, well, he's gorgeous, but the thing is, Macklemore has that kind of looks like he did porno in the 80s kind of look to him. So I think I'd fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for a married couple to have these kind of open conversations, do you think it's a a healthy thing? What do you think, John Weeks? (laughs) I think a question. I think that's... uh healthy to an extent in terms of a joking manner, I guess. Uh, but, uh, you know, the fact that he, he ain't joking. Out of this, that was not well, a joke. Okay, then that's, that's just bizarre. That's, that, that, that's just, uh, I don't think that. He probably owns a triple uh, X rated Amazon uh, XD uh, <laughs> porn machine right there. <laughs> <laughs> and remember I told you that that other time Tom Fogarty was co-hosting my second anniversary show and this, uh, <laughs> This guy I had on the show was propositioned by, um, I believe it was Sean Cody, a pornogra- gay pornography site. And um, he was like, yeah, so I, I just told them flat out no. And then Tom Fogarty out of nowhere he goes, I love that wicker furniture they use in their scene. <laughs> what is he, the wicker man? Is this Nicholas Cage? <laughs> the wicker man, man. The wicker 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 man. So I just wanted to make sure you knew that that moment happened. <laughs> that is a memorable moment that I would treasure for the rest of my life. That's a. Uh, that's something else. That's. That's 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 typical Fogarty right there. That is the hottest mess. <laughs> Keep in mind, we'll we'll talk to Tom Fogarty in just a bit here. Uh, now, the the other thing about Fogarty is that two weeks ago, during the jack off, there was a joke um, 
made in jest about how uh, small uh, Asian cocks, and mm. he did it in a very offensive Asian accent. Uh, what do you think <laughs> about that? <laughs> well, it's all in fun. Uh, you know, I don't know too much about Asian cocks because I haven't really seen too many. Uh, uh, I've seen my own. I'm half Asian, but that's about it. So I really can't comment on that situation there. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> so you're sticking with no comment. All right. Well, your no your brethren is not going basis, to be pleased you know? with you. Huh? Yeah, that's right. It's 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 a case by case basis, you know. Uh, <laughs> the other thing Fogarty did during the jack off was we were talking about how that 15 year old kid got stabbed because his mother wanted ice cream and stabbed mm. the kid, uh, and then Fogarty. <laughs> And then, you know, the joke was about being lactose intolerant. And then Fogarty kept making fart noises. And I was like, a kid died here. And then his response was... That's acceptable, you know. That's a, it's, it is uh, a joke. <laughs> but, yeah, somebody did die. That is sad. But, you know, maybe he was lactose intolerant. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was what? Yeah. Black thousand dollars? Yeah. Great kid, though. I mean, great kid. If he's farting after he's dying, that's, that's, uh, let's move on. So, uh, <laughs> uh, there's, I got two fortune cookies to my left, uh, which, I'm going to pull them out of the bag separately. Which one is yours and which one is mine? Okay, the one that is mine is the one farthest from me. So the one that's farthest from you is yours. No, no, no. <laughs> They're in a bag, Dan, so I'm going to reach my hand in. Is the, first okay, one okay. The, first, mine. the first one you pull out of that bag is yours. Okay, so here we go. And I just want to give a shout-out right now to Angie and Issa Reyes. Here's the shout-out. That's the shout-out. All right, here we go. You said this is, this is, you said this is mine, right? Yeah. Okay, this is my Fogerton cookie. <laughs> oh, man, my neck is... I didn't realize I got a stiff neck on the right side here. All right, my fortune, it says, learn Chinese, wine. Oh, it's the wrong side. Wrong side. <laughs> my fortune says, your hard work will get payoff today. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What do you think that means? What's going to happen during the show tonight? I, I think something big is going to happen. That means uh, you may get a big payout today. I don't know. Maybe the Monopoly man is going to call up. I don't know, man. This is You may get signed to a big Who's deal. man? <laughs> you might get a, a huge deal here. Wait, who's Method Man? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like, the Monopoly man. Oh, the Monopoly man. Uh, what about the Monopoly? The sh- what about the Shinomopoly man? <laughs> he may call. He may call up. He may be our guest. You may get a deal tonight. You, your hard work is going to pay off tonight. I feel it. I feel it. This at the end of this radio show, you're going to be a rich man. I have a I have a feeling about what it could be, but I don't want to jinx it. So I'm going to say it at the next show after it doesn't happen. Uh, and oh, this 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 next one is yours. Right? Okay. All right, this is your fortune. Ugh, my neck is just killing me here, bro. 
Come on, bro. What would you do today, bro? I don't know. I must have slept weird. This one says, bro, learn bro. Chinese to see a doctor. Oh, oh sorry. Wrong. That, that sucks. That's right. What if what if that was the fortune? See a doctor. <laughs> no. The actual the fortune is be on the alert for new opportunities. What do you think that means for you, John Lee? Wow. That, uh, that means i got to stay focused and be aware of what's going on around me and uh, seize the opportunities when they come up. You know, seize the day. You know, uh, got to be a good kid and see what's out there and uh, be proactive about your future. <laughs> All right. Um, I got some of that in the mail. It cleared my skin right up. And this last fortune cookie, this is for both of us. What do you think is going to okay. be in this one, John Lee? <laughs> I think it's going to be nothing but great news. Awesome news. Nothing but great news. All right. Let's see what this one says. Go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, keep in mind, I said this one's for both of us, and it says, listen, I'm starting to second-guess you right now, because it says, the the best way to destroy your enemy is to make him your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is no good. That is no good. <laughs> you said it was going to be good news for both of us. It's, not, it's bad news all around. <laughs> I have to say the, the the worst one came last. That was the worst one ever. <laughs> it Pretty bad. Like, it doesn't even say defeat or beat. It says destroy. I, <laughs> I don't it's think I see the fortune cookie that says destroy on it. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. I'm telling you, man, they got this kid. I feel like he's about 10 years old who comes around and delivers the food, and I think he's, he's fucking with them. <laughs> I think he does. I think what he does is he opens the cookies, takes out the fortunes that he wants to put in there, and he puts them in there and gives them to the people he doesn't like. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Do you remember <clears throat> Thompson talking about uh, how there were the this gang in his neighborhood called the Laotian Kings. Yes, I remember that. I think he was probably the leader of that gang. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know what would be? Uh, what, what, what would you think about avocado iced coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't think that sounds that great. I don't think avocado can mix with coffee. Avocado is not something you make a drink out of. It's really great as a dip, as you know, guacamole or something like that. Even eating it just as is is okay, but as a coffee flavor, uh, I've heard of it as an ice cream flavor. I would be open to that, but uh, coffee, I don't think so. What do you think about guacacola? <laughs> now that sounds great. It really tastes disgusting, but it sounds awesome, and that's why I would make <laughs> sounds, it. Just the word. I love that name, guacacola, man. Guacacola Mine. So uh, we're going to get to, we're going to get to, for those diehard fans, we're going to get to my L.A. trip uh, a little later. But uh, first, we talked about last two weeks ago on the show how um, there there was um, a guy who wrote in named MJ from NJ, and he said that he 
had uh, an issue with his urination stream uh, because it it would uh, basically he would get a, a slight erection and the stream would curve uh, two different directions and sometimes curve back onto him. Now during this whole conversation, when you were advising him, you said you had a plumbing issue when you were a teenager. What did you mean by that? Plumbing issue, uh, you know, I I was a lot like MJ. You know, I would get it uh, on the floor a lot. So I had a really bad aiming issue. And, uh, you know, I had to correct it probably in my mid-teens. And, uh, you know, it was really bad. It would get all over the floor, and I didn't realize using uh, public restrooms. Until I really corrected, I really had to concentrate, and that's what that's what a lot of people kind of forget when they go to the bathroom. When you're doing your thing, you got to take it seriously. It's not a game, people, and uh, you know that's why you know. And my advice to MJ was to cross the streams in this case, but keep focused on what he was doing so that you know uh, you don't get pissed all over the floor. And uh, but use that tool as a strength down the line, as a weapon to better your cause sometimes against those people that you really don't like, you know. Uh, and, and if you're, <laughs> what if are you, you if saying? You, if you got to piss on the floor, do it. Uh, so you just say you got it corrected when you were in your mid-teens. What the fuck did you do? No, no, no. It's nothing surgical. It's just I had to meditate sometimes before I went to the bathroom and get things clear and focused. And, what uh, was your problem? Were you getting that that semi as well? I, it wasn't to that degree. That that's a little extreme. I just wasn't caring so much. So I was like, you know, not aiming for the toilet, and I was pissing on the ground or pissing on the stall. I there wasn't a lot of concern in in the kind of pissing I was doing. So you know, I developed that over time and realized I was kind of crazy. So uh, <laughs> I had to. Uh, Get in the toilet. <laughs> now, one of the things that you suggested that <clears throat> MJ from MJ does is start peeing sitting down. Now, I remember my friend Justin Bodery. Um, uh, we, we used to call him Jesus because <laughs> he had uh, the long hair and the beard, fresh hair, so he looked like Jesus. By the time <laughs> sophomore year rolled around, he cut his hair and shaved his beard. So one day he turns to us and he says, "You could call me." Fuck stick for for all I care. Just don't call me Jesus. And then and then he like he said something. He said something to my friend Nate, and Nate goes, oh, like this is days later, and Nate goes, all right, fuck stick. And then Justin looks at him like he's crazy, and I was like, you said you could call him that. And and Nate was like, yeah, you said I could call you. Fuck stick. <laughs> you can call me <laughs> Anyway, my point is that one day he said, I like to pee sitting down, and it's more relaxing, and if a fart comes out, then so be it. Now, I think that you and Justin are crazy, because I think one of the major advantages of being a man is that we don't have to go through the hassle of sitting down to pee. That's a great advantage, I think. No? It is. It is a great advantage. It's it's quick uh, in and out, and um, 
it, it's just, you know, much easier and more efficient than paying sitting down. But paying sitting down has this great advantages, especially in cases where you should be paying down, where paying sitting down, you know, where you're, like, getting it on the floor and whatnot, especially if it's a messy situation. It's, you know, it's, it is therapeutic. It is calming. It's relaxing. You can do, uh, you know, two-in-one you know, operations in the bathroom. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not bad, actually. You should probably think about uh, doing it more often. You know, be, be more enthusiastic about seeing, uh, being sitting down. It's actually a great, great thing. Well, you know, I'm much like Nikki Katufris from Gacchus in the, in the sense that I don't like uh, dealing with fecal matter. Remember when she had to <laughs> pretend she was locked in the bathroom? to get someone to take her out of there so she didn't touch the thing because uh, I would fear that if I sit down to pee, then I'm just going to shit and I don't want to be dealing with all that. <laughs> you have to uh, embrace it. Become one with the toilet seat. You know, that's just that's just how you do it. I used to be like that, too. I used to be like, I don't want to go on the toilet. It's, it's rather dirty. I don't want to do that. I'm not familiar with this place. I don't need to get back to my place to do it. <clears throat> Once you kind of give up all hope uh, and not really care about much, you you embrace it. You really do, and uh, it actually becomes one of your advantages, you know. And uh, you you <laughs> yeah. know you you embrace these dirty toilets. Listen, it's it, I mean, if you're gonna piss uh, sitting down, would you shit in a urinal? <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. I just ran to my friend and I was like, 
dude, I got to go. I'll see you later. And she was like, okay. And I ran. I ran as fast as I could. Uh, it was just bad. <laughs> Real bad. Well, speaking of puking all over the place, it's time to get messy. Time flies when you're having fun. Here we go. And it's our very own Wizard of Waverly Place, Tom Fogarty. I need someone to hold my hair back. <laughs> What's going on with you, sire? Aside from trying to save Mariska while you're puking. I know, not much, man. This episode is so good. <laughs> I, I just, I have it on mute in the background. Are you able to pause it? I'm not able to pause. Uh, no, no, I'm DVR in this the the portion I'm missing here. I'll get back to it during commercials. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I know you're a Letterman lover. Did you catch Cher last night? I did. I saw the whole thing. Yeah. Was that off the hook or what? No, it's fantastic. It was they, you know, those two have a very kind of love hate. They always have had this weird, like they absolutely love and hate each other relationship. Yeah. No, they do. It's a, uh, they do a good show. They yeah. do a good yeah, show. Well, but you know, enough with this Lizzie Kaplan like bitching and all her fans like going ape shit. Over the fact that yeah. she got bumped from the show. I mean, shut the who, fuck up. It was Cher. Who the hell is Lizzie Kaplan, by the way? Yeah, really. I had yeah. no idea. Who is that? But, you know, all the blog things today and all the little fanzines were, like, dumping on Cher. Like, who's Cher? It's like, uh, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. Cher. You, you might not have been born had it not been for Cher. <laughs> you know, a lot of these, these like, teeny... <laughs> These teeny fans are real, uh, how you'd say, morons. Because, yeah. you know, what? there's, say, for instance, I'd say probably the person with the most, like, teeny bopper fans is probably Justin Bieber. Now, he tweeted a few months ago after the whole pissing in a mop bucket incident. Uh, he tweeted, thanks for the phone call, Mr. President. And he, he was tweeting at Bill Clinton. And he was, like, real cool guy, whatever. So... His fans are such idiots that about 75% of the tweets back to him were, oh, Justin, you're so silly, Obama's the president now. Like, they're such idiots that they don't grasp that once you're president, you're fucking Mr. President. Right. That's right. Forever. Yep. Right. Uh, it, it was beyond infuriating. And I was just talking to somebody today, Sire, about this, and I think that the reason people are so dumb today is because I think that, like, I even notice that there's a shift in the people around me from, say, like, three years ago to now, um, like, as they're getting younger around me. I think smartphones are making people real dumb because there's yeah. too much distraction, you know? Yeah, it's, well, it's not only that. It's the fact that, because I've had this happen now several times in the last, well, about five times over the course of the summer, but, like, three times in the last month, that... People like will get pissy over the response that you sent them, but you sent them everything you needed to send them in the response. It's because of the way people open shit up on their phone now and just rapidly scroll through it 
They don't read what it is you said anymore. Right. So suddenly yeah. they just assume, and then all hell breaks loose. It's like read the you know read the fucking message. Right. Don't just fly it's, through it. Oh, and it's, it's unbearable. Too, just fly through it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what was your favorite part of the the Letterman show then last night, Fire? Uh, I was surprised by the song. I was real surprised. How about that? I was going to say the same thing. Cher sounded amazing. Yeah, and then she's pushing a ballad. Yeah, and no auto tune or nothing. Weeks. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah that's Cher. what I mean. It was it was pretty pretty shocking. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so, sire. These, these Lizzie Kaplan fans, hot mess. Speaking of hot messes, who have you got for us tonight? My first one is the fan slash attendant in Port Chester at the Willie Nelson concert who stole Willie's fucking stuffed armadillo. Give it back, bitch. <laughs> Hold on. You say Port Chester, I want to say Capitol Theater. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, well, he did his show. Show was finished. Roadies are packing everything up, and they have on security tape. This woman walks up on the stage and just snatches his pet stuffed armadillo that he has at every show and hauls <laughs> off with it. And, um, and, and what happened? Did they find her? No, not yet. <laughs> But this is prompted, uh, apparently, by the latest post on Willie Nelson's webpage is, and I don't think this is attributed to him, but it says, we hang armadillo thieves in Texas. Oh, 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 oh. oh my yeah. God. So give him his Dillo back. Was, and and, and the old, armadillo's name was Old Dillo. Old Dillo. <laughs> now, was Old Dildo alive at some point? Uh, I wrecked him, but I don't think it's been for a long time. So it's like a taxiderm thing? Yeah. Yeah, big old stuffed armadillo. That, you oh know, it's on the set all the time. That that armadillo is sort of like, you know, a scarf around the microphone for Steve for uh Stephen Perry. Stephen Tyler. <laughs> oh, like that sloth? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just always there. <laughs> oh, I hope that's not Willie's mojo. I hope he can't perform now without old Dillo. <laughs> I mean, he's how old is he? He probably doesn't even know where he is right now. Doesn't <laughs> and apparently he smokes like a pound of cush a day. I mean, he's just <laughs> damn. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And you can imagine the the strength of shit he's smoking yeah. at this point. You know what I mean? That's right. I hear you. Because you just got to keep more and more and more and more and more to feel anything, I guess. Got glaucoma, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, well who's, yeah. Who's, who's your second hot mess? My second hot mess, in both a good and a bad way, was today on Dr. Phil DMX. Did you happen to catch any of that? No. no. He is either an absolute friggin' genius... Or he is so dimmy semi delusional I can't quite tell and he's headed for a real psychotic break. Oh boy. He walks what a happened? really fine line. I mean <clears throat> on one hand I get when he says, you know, he's not gonna talk about blah 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 and of course he can still drink and smin smoke dope, that it's not gonna it's not gonna gateway him back to harder stuff and and he has eleven kids and one on the way. 
Oh, my goodness. And everybody's, like, bitching about, you know, not enough child support. Well, he's saying, yeah, the bulk of those kids came when he was making $18, $20 million a year. He's not making that now. So it's not right. the same amount of money. And he was insistent that the kids are taken care of and everything. But as Dr. Phil said, then why aren't you wrapping it to keep another one from coming in? He said, I ain't giving them babies. They want the babies. <laughs> yeah. If only yeah. every father thought that way. Yeah. <laughs> what oh, a lovely boy. world it would be, right? Well, I mean, I sort of felt that last night on The Voice when this one kid just nonchalantly said, you know, uh, my parents divorced when I was real young, and I grew up in a single-family home like most kids. And I went, mm-hmm. wow, what a sort of an indictment that is. Mm-hmm. You know, that most kids today, that the two two parents is not the norm for many communities around this country. Right, 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 right. So I mean, it was it's kind of scary. What did I just I just heard from your previous comment, I just heard it's like that uh Anthony Jesselnick joke where he says, So I uh I used to live in New Orleans and uh when I was in college and my my girlfriend got pregnant and she told me she wanted to get an abortion and I said, No. Conception uh life starts at conception and she said that she was gonna have the baby and then I got up and moved to New York. I'm bu- I butchered the joke, but you get the gist. Yeah. <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Who's your third hot mess besides me? My third one also comes from, it was a teaser today on Dr. Phil, and I swear to God I'm going to have to be watching it tomorrow because tomorrow's guest is, <clears throat> the tagline is, is this the world's biggest mama's boy ever? <laughs> so tomorrow. And it showed this kid, I swear to God, kid, he's probably early, mid-30s. And the mom was going on about how she still powders him after his shower. And her, I quote was, and I get it in all the nooks and crannies. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Hot fucking mess there. <laughs> oh, oh. On that note, John Weeks, guess what time it is? Oh, it's a jack off time. Time to jack off. Let's jack it off. Let's jack it off. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. Jack it off. Let's jack it off. Let's fire. All right. University of Florida professor Don A. Samuelson was arrested on charges of video voyeurism after allegedly using his camera pen to secretly record images of women's chests and thighs. You know what, man? This would have really helped with that whole filling up the mannequin situation. Wait, uh, wait, I, I, I think I brought up the the wrong week's jokes. Shit. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, oh, I, that's no. why I said. That's why I said get it started, sire. I brought up the wrong. You see, I'm working with just the iPad here. It's a nightmare. Uh oh. Um. <laughs> let me see. Oh, this is it. This is it. Okay, I'm ready. All right, go ahead, sire. You're ready? Yes. Are you sure? Positive. You're really ready. No, so you're right. You're lubed mm-hmm. up and ready to go. I have got the generic CBS Elation brand. Oh, there you go. Okay, back <laughs> it up, boy. 
A four-year-old British <laughs> child was offered a Mars bar and released from the Kenya Mall Massacre after telling one of the terrorists that he was a very bad man. Damn, these broads ain't joking when they said chocolate makes everything better. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Uh, moving on. Adam Levine seemingly tweeted at Lady Gaga by saying, Ugh, recycling old art for a younger generation doesn't make you an artist, it makes you an art teacher. Art teachers responded to Levine's tweet by asking, you mean like when we recycle all those damn Maroon 5 CDs we had bought after we realized Maroon 5 sucks? Oh. <laughs> they may tweeted, suck, but Avril Lavigne sure is cute. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Lavigne <laughs> tweeted, I am unabashedly love writing and performing pop music for both myself and everyone around me. That's it. It doesn't need any extra sauce. Miss Gaga responded by saying, are you sure you're not writing music to torture everyone around you, pretty boy? <laughs> Sire? Ryan Seacrest was reportedly upset that he wasn't asked to host this year's Emmys. When he contacted the Academy to find out the reason, they said they went with Neil Patrick Harris because they needed someone else less gay. <laughs> to which Ryan went, damn. <laughs> oh, boy. We... <laughs> An eBay bidder paid $10,000 for a gold iPhone. Research has concluded this is the dumbest man on the planet. Fucking dumb ass. <laughs> Monday night, contestant Matthew Schuler began singing on The Voice, which led to the fastest four-chair turnaround in voice history. The only four-chair turnaround that was almost as fast was two seasons ago when CeeLo brought in his famous gnarly barley and danger moose. <laughs> danger moose? <laughs> well, it is half chocolate. <laughs> Lance Bass said, I would rather be in a position where I could help other people than be the biggest superstar in the world and pretend to be straight. <laughs> yeah, like that was going to fucking happen. <laughs> Kathy Lee and Hoda are joining the Daily News as food and fashion columnists. This will go to show that even when they type, they slur their words. <laughs> Fox News hosts recently referred to undocumented youth as children of the corn. Undocumented youth then referred to Fox News hosts as teasers of Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Charlie Rose asked former President Bill Clinton about Hillary Clinton's potential bid for the White House in 2013. Bill Clinton told Rose, it's best not to discuss that issue. Charlie Rose then said, really, that's the issue that it's best not to discuss with your wife, Mr. President? In your face, Bubba. <laughs> the new James Spader show, The Blacklist, debuted on NBC this past Monday. When asked how Spader prepared for his role, he said he based the character on the previous five characters he's played. <laughs> and that was good. I like that one. I like hostages better. You did? I, I think did. I like Did you see that? Better. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> 
New York Wait. Governor Andrew Cuomo announced there will now be text stops on the side of the highway to motivate people to pull over before they text and drive. The person happiest about this, Anthony Weiner. The person least happy about this, yep, you guessed it, Frank Stallone. Dr. Drew revealed this week his two-year battle with prostate cancer. He said he initially sought advice on how to overcome his problem, but didn't know who to call. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. He could call Michael Douglas. I bet he'd help out. (laughs) A new UC Berkeley study takes aim at correcting the ways teens sleep. Man, I could have figured that out. Listen, teens, just stop being so cocky. Damn horny all the time. <laughs> and don't you sit Chris Hansen on me neither. <laughs> Lemonade. <laughs> all right, this, this this next joke I don't agree with, but I'll have to I'll do it. <laughs> this is this is right up your alley weeks. <laughs> all right. This week Bono came to speak with the Clinton Global Initiative in New York. He did a spot on impression of the former president. This marks the first good sound to come out of his mouth since 1992. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> Ooh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Does whatever a spider can mind. <laughs> okay. Amanda Bynes' attorney is arguing the actress is mentally unfit to stand trial for a DUI charge. Bynes responded by tweeting a picture of a dog's head on Drake's body. Uh, snap. <laughs> Roku is giving its streaming players new features and a new look. This is after Google released a streaming stick that puts Netflix, YouTube, and an Internet browser instantly onto your TV. Hey, if you want to talk about streaming sticks, just go holler at those Berkeley teens. Yo, step off, handsome. <laughs> Fuck up. I ain't no undercover bitch. <laughs> this animal is the most disturbing animal ever. The pasu, a testicle-eating fish. Oh. Yeah, I saw pictures of it. Its teeth look like human teeth. It's very scary. What does it do? It, it eats your testicles hey. and it kills you. Oh. <laughs> Okay, the Paku, a testicle-eating fish. Oh, the Paku, a testicle-eating fish. Oh, All right, okay. The Paku was found in Bethesda, New Jersey. Governor McGreevy said, if only that fish was around while I was in office, this is a dated joke. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Tom Fogarty, uh, have Wait. a wonderful night, Sire. You are our favorite wizard of Waverly Place. See, That's he's right. being Take fun, man. Hi, man. Back, man. He's being fun. Chow, wow, 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 we were discussing um, where you urinate before, right? Who? Okay, so uh, 
<laughs> so, um, oh, okay. So I asked you if you would dunk in a urinal, and you said uh, you puked in your car. Yes, yes, yes. It was, Which is, was, it was a, a weird answer, but okay. So, would I dunk in the urinal? Only if I had to, yes, I would. If I had to. Uh, no, no, <laughs> what no, would I be the situation that would make you have to do that? Oh, God, that's, that's tough. Um, if it, oh, okay, well, if I had to go real quick, real fast, and it was a nasty one, like the, 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 the diarrhea, and um, there was no stalls that I could use, and I knew nobody was going to be around for a little bit, so I had privacy. I would do it. I would do it. I would do it because I had to. And I knew, and if I knew the urinal could take it, you know, like maybe flush a little bit down. But, you know, it, you do what you got to do. Okay. Uh, fair enough. I, now, I would do it. Yeah. Uh, what this reminded me of was that when we were in college, there's a, um, uh, a food court that used to have like a Burger King and Tacobal and KFC and stuff. And apparently now they've um, they've arranged they've rearranged the shit so now it's all healthy. Uh, which wow. Kristen Hessel said on the Facebook, she was like, "Did you hear they did this?" My current self says yay, but my college hungover self says says ew, bro, or something. <laughs> that is sad, actually. You know, it's college too. You don't want to eat healthy. Come on. Right. Exactly. Uh, so especially when you're packing on the freshman. 15 or the the 29 year old 50 like like I seem to have done. So um, let's. Uh, but, but the reason I bring up this particular food court is because uh, there was one night. It was a Sunday night, and I was there. It was me. It was kind of the four standard guys: me, my friend Jason Selvig, uh, my friend Nick Dujnik, and my friend Nick Lichtenberg. Now. Uh, we were all having, you know, our unhealthy Burger King and Hagen dazs and Taco Bell. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Taco Bell, right? Uh, yeah, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. <laughs> and the uh, KFC and whatnot. So we were all having that. And Nick Lichtenberg is very wants to get angry suddenly. And I forget what he was mad at, but <laughs> at some point he says, I have half a mind to shit on this table. <laughs> now, the reaction that he was expecting must have been different than what we gave him because all three of us simultaneously go, do it! <laughs> and and he was like, I'm not going to shit on the table. So he's like, I have half a mind to take a shit on this table. And we all go, do it! And he says, oh, I'm not going to shit on the table. Like, like all of a sudden, he's not going to do it. And then we're like, we're like, all right, we'll give you $20 a person. He was like, no, that's not enough. And then we upped the ante. And we were each, we, like, all together, it was going to be like, he was going to get at least 140 160 bucks if he took a shit on the table. And he was like, I don't want to take a shit on the table. I'll have to get all naked. And I said, what are you putting on naked? You just have to pull your pants down. He said, no, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all the way. Which I wonder how if he gets completely naked every time he takes his shit, kind of like his stanza when he takes his shirt off, except he takes all his clothes off. So he's he says, I don't want to get all naked. Uh, and then um, we're all, you know, we're offering more and more money to do this, 
And then he turns around. There was this lovely couple sitting behind us. And he turns around to this very attractive young college gentleman and says, do you think I should take a shit on this table? <laughs> do you think I should take a shit on this table? And the guy looks at him and goes, no. <laughs> that man should be our next president. <laughs> you said last two weeks ago, <laughs> when we were talking about this whole thing, about Jay, what's his name, MJ's problems, you said we all want to make a mess out of the bathroom depending on where you are and what you do. Now, that, I don't know what you're talking about there. I've never been like, I want to make a mess of this bathroom, John Lee. But then I started thinking about it. And I started thinking about it. He's a bachelor party. And then I started thinking about Atlantic City. And then I started thinking about the sounds that came out of that bathroom when you were in there were unlike anything I've ever heard in my life before. Were you trying to make a mess of that bathroom because the bachelor party sucked? <laughs> my, that bathroom party sucked so much. My colon was angry at that party. And it, 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 it saw revenge that night. Uh, even my colon was angry about it. But it wasn't even that night. It was It was after we went bird watching. As soon as we got back to the room, you were like... <laughs> I I, I I think one of them those thousands of flies that attacked me probably got up my anus somehow and uh, gave me probably dysentery or some kind of diarrhea infection. And uh, you know we're probably all carriers of some kind of terrible disease now. I gotta go get checked out after that thing. That was terrible. But uh, I remember I remember you being very uh, proud of how loud and disgusting your shit was, too. I was, I was laughing over the storm. I think that was the happiest moment of that bachelor party trip. <laughs> the happiest moment of that bachelor party is when we touched the sidewalk in Astoria, New York, when we yes. had gotten back. Or no, that was the wedding, wasn't it? That was the wedding. The, that was the happiest the moment oh of God. the bachelor party is when we, when we ditched Ken in Newark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! I I have to say New York wasn't bad when we first started out. Uh, we we had that group with that girl and her, her name. It was okay. That was okay. And then it just descended into hell after that. It was like, <laughs> so you also said two weeks ago uh, because I had this issue where I took a dunk and there was no toilet paper, so I took a shower. But you said. I want you to explain this because you said a shower can be extremely messy depending on what kind of crap you took. You said it's fine if it's diarrhea, but not if it's a solid crap, you're in trouble. What the hell right. did you mean by that? How does that make any sense? Well, <laughs> listen, the shower is, you got running water, it'll clean off most of the diarrhea because it's all, it's, you know, watery substance. And it'll go down the drain. But if you have a solid crap and you're so, you know, it's 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 going to be kind of nasty in there, crusty a little bit, drier. The water is not going to help that much. It's better just to use some toilet paper, I think, in that situation. So you know, the shower is not going to be great when you took a large crap, but it'll be great in, during that. You know, if you have diarrhea. You know. But we didn't. There was no toilet paper. <laughs> 
that's true. That's true. The shower will be your best bet if you have no toilet paper. Then you have to, re, you know, resort to uh, other means of paper, you know. And, and then the last resort is using a towel or your clothes. You know, your clothes are a great substitute sometimes, you know, especially if you're in your own home. It's fine. You know, I highly recommend it. <laughs> so at least I completely forgot we're supposed to call Ethan about his problems. So let me all right, since, let me see if I can. I need. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you. All right, so I'm looking up. I don't even know if the phone. I don't know if the iPad can dial out, but we'll check and see. Um, I think we're a little late, so let's see if he's still there. Uh, John Weeks, whatever advice you give. Make it fucking quick, because we don't have time for this, all right? Okay, okay, I'll make it quick. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing, but but seriously, keep it quick. All right, let's let's try it. Um, see if this works. Oh my god, I can barely see it on the iPad. That's what she said. Uh, some some dialing music, please. <laughs> Take a break, take a deep breath. 
and you know, just just go with it. But but they never seem to get that. They they just need to go full force every time. How how does one go about? How does one go about? You know, maybe maybe telling somebody that hey, you know, maybe your personality sucks. Like you just you're too embarrassing. Well, there's there's kind of like uh, I would say two different methods with dealing those with those kind of people because there's a lot of people like that. They don't like to chill in the background. They're not they're not chill like a lot of people are. And you know, they, 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 like you said, they like to be the center of attention. Uh, they like to be noticed, I guess. Uh, right. There's two ways to do this. You can engage them fully and aggressively, and kind of like. Use your energy as a balance to their energy by wearing them out completely, which I like to do sometimes. I, I really yeah. enjoy that sometimes. I like to talk their, 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 match their energy level and talk to them as much as I can until they're tired and tired out. And, uh, and sometimes that's not good, that's not good though, because you'll tire yourself out sometimes. Or you, you know, whenever I'm, I'm around these people, when I'm around these conversations, they're just they're about something I don't give a shit about. Like, these people, these people will go on, and they'll spend, you know, a good 30 minutes talking about the weather outside. <laughs> and be very excited about it. Be very excited. Like, you know, my go-to thing, whenever I'm in an awkward situation and I, I, need, I need to say something to somebody, I talk about the weather. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. here I am at the bar, and we're having a 30-minute conversation, in-depth conversation about the weather. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just. I'm just. What? What? what I, I've got nothing to say. I don't even want to comment because I don't think this. I think it's a waste of my breath. I think your conversation about the weather would actually take more effort from my part than it deserves. Right. Well, and I, I think you're more the norm. I think. And the other way to do it is uh, to, to totally disengage. Uh, you still talk to the person because that would be completely rude if you just walked away. Right. If, if you're into that, that's fine. But control the conversation so that. You're talking about something that's interesting to you, but you know that they hate. And if you do that, you'll you'll absolutely destroy them, and they'll want to leave. That actually might be solid advice. I think the the four or five times I've been on this show, that might be the first decent piece of advice. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, that will mean that that that's 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 actually level. solid. That's, that's good. That was good. But yeah, yeah, I may I may try that. I'm I'm gonna go out later, and I'll definitely try that. Maybe to, oh, you're, you're going out again. Home. What's up? You are going out again? I may. You know, you know how it is. You know it's hump day today, so yeah, gotta get over that hump. Yeah, it's gotta get through. Now it's through. Well, Ethan, I'm glad that Jonathan Weeks could fix your problem tonight, man. That's it. Thank, thank you, Weeks. Thank you, Home. No, always, always fun. You know, it's always good to talk to you. Always, always good. I will. <laughs> I will see you guys. Later, later. Pleasure and honor. Man of enough. What was that? You you said a pleasure and an honor, and I didn't know what you said. So, but you said last week the rats. I'm still trying to grasp what this means, but last week you said rats and cats signify my my utmost fear of no toilet paper. Moving on. Um, so we have uh, another we have another uh, issue that needs some solving. Uh, from we have another letter that came in. Um, Are you serious? Now, we have again, actual physical letters. Well, there this this is the she mail. I mean, an email. Okay. So if again, if you want live advice on the circular cell phone tonight, 
917-388-4131. We will do our best to get to you. We have about 20 callers, and we don't have any. So, you know, just if you want to come about calling. Um, all right, so this this is an anonymous letter. There is no name attached to this, I don't believe. I have not yet read this letter. Here we go, Jonathan Weeks. We're going in, going in cold and blind. You ready? Oh, boy. Well, we always do it here. <laughs> um, well, actually, that's, that's how you do it. I usually have an idea of what I'm going to say, but I make sure you have no fucking clue where we're going to go. <laughs> but I appreciate your adapting. Thank you. Most of the time it doesn't work, but yes. <laughs> no, it works all the time. So here's the letter. Hey, guys. Okay. I want to talk about pegging. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Okay. I want to talk about pegging. I read a Dan Savage article about it once, and he said all men should give it a shot. And I'm not one to knock something before trying it. Now, hold on. Do you know what pegging is? I, I have no idea what pegging is. No, I don't. All right. I'm pretty sure it has to do with shoving stuff up your ass. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So let's <clears throat> let's let's go. I read a Dan Savage article about it once, and he said all men should give it a shot. And I'm not one to knock something before trying it. <clears throat> so my girlfriend and I figured, why not? If you don't know what pegging is, oh, here we go. Though I'm sure Ryan knows all about it. It's when a female wears a strap on and fucks a man in the ass. Supposedly. <clears throat> Oh my God! My I have a, hmm, I have a frog in my throat. It, supposedly, it feels really good for the prostate. I wouldn't know that, however, because my stupid girlfriend decided to buy a fucking pipe of a strap-on with a circumference the size of a mutant carrot. <laughs> when she tried inserting it into me, my ass gave a lot of resistance. However, it eventually gave in, and oh my God! was the pain unbearable. It felt like a lightning bolt had struck my asshole. As you can imagine, our first experience was very short and not pleasurable in the least. I am still applying A and D ointment to my raw anus today. <laughs> anyway, how can I make this a pleasurable experience? I really want to make her happy, and I hope you guys, can point me in the right direction. Mm. Wow. Oh, wow. That's that's a tough one right there. Oh. Well, first of all, it's uh, something brand new to me. I've never even uh, heard of that term. I heard of the act, but not the, the term. <laughs> oh, they, you know. Well, I wanted, uh, what was his name again? He doesn't have a name. I don't know. It's anonymous. Oh. Anonymous, uh, you know, thank you Anonymous. for your email and uh, you know, coming to us with your uh, issue and uh, being very open about it. I think that's good. And having a bit of a sense of humor with her. And, uh, um, well, I, I, pegging is uh, a brand new term for me, I guess, uh, for something that's, that's been around for a long time. So it's, it's, if that's what you really enjoy, you know, uh, pegging and you want to do something about it, you have to become informed about it, first of all. And uh, it seems like you and your partner both uh, are willing to do this act. And 
but you don't have a lot of information about it. So I, I would definitely try to consult the Internet as a first uh, uh, research tool, uh, see what you can find out about it, look up its history, look up what kind of uh, tools you can use in the process, uh, you know, sex toys and whatnot, and uh, then you should probably consult a uh, one-on-one uh, person. So, you know, either um, if you know a sex therapist, you should contact one. I don't know how readily available those, those kind of people are, but you should go to, like, a sex store. I think those are probably the best way to do it. You should make a phone call, look up some stores in the area, make a phone call about it, and then just go visit the store itself and try to find somebody with some kind of expertise in the matter, either either a friend who does that or somebody who works in the store, you know, and, and a lot of the sex stores are around. So I, I would definitely do that. Um, but, you know, yeah, definitely do your own initial research, uh, try to find some expertise in the area, and uh, go to a store where you can either purchase uh, supplies that are probably better for you and, and, and you can consult with people who actually know about the, the practice uh, into a greater, yeah, uh, to a greater detail. Um, you know, and that's, te- tagging is your thing, that's perfectly fine. I think that's, that's that's up to you, and uh, you know it's. <clears throat> I think that's that's you know kudos to you to, for trying something out that you want to do, and you think you know, that you can find pleasure in it. Uh, just make sure that your your obviously your partner is consensual with it, and uh, yeah, just trying to find out more information about it. You know, it's, uh, the internet's a great thing, a great tool, and and instrument used to find information. So, use that and and pursue it down the road like that. Yeah, that's what I would do. What do you think, uh, to save time and money and convenience, what would you think about rather than going into a sex shop, what would you think about uh, ordering it from Amazon and you can use the new guy in the in the tablet like the, they advertise? Hmm. Well, that's, uh, that, that's uh, yeah, that would save a lot of time and uh, a lot of, be more convenient. Um, but I think something with, with like that was like, especially sex and, you know, uh, Private reasons and things like that. You should really be uh, informed about it, not not buy something on Amazon or buy something, uh, you know, just online that you see on a specific store online. You should use the internet to your advantage to find information about it and resources you think, around uh, you. What if and, what if he orders? What if he orders a like new strap on? <laughs> Or a lightning bolt strap on. Yeah, that's not you know, that's not gonna be good. Yeah, you know, use the internet and then consult some human sources, you know, either friends that may have done that or uh, you know, go to a sex shop and just get free advice from the people there. You know, it won't be that inconvenient and it won't be that expensive and uh, know what you're dealing with. You know, if it gets too expensive. Are you fucking kidding? Some... You walk into a sex shop, you want to get the hell out of there immediately. It's like when that guy left his wallet at the porn shop. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's it's not an ideal location. That's why I would suggest you call the place before you go in there, and hopefully you'll get somebody with some kind of expertise on that matter. And uh, if not, just keep calling around. You know, you'll eventually find somebody. And, uh, you know, do, do your own research on the matter. And it sounds like he's pretty smart and willing, so he can probably do that pretty easily, you know. But kudos to him, you know, for being open about it and being willing to practice something else and that he wants he enjoys. And uh, you know, great kid. What a freak of a girlfriend to pull a big mutant carrot out, you know, out of nowhere and <laughs> <laughs> just just start begging like that. Uh, there was um a, a time I was hanging out with uh, my friend Tom. Um, I was hammered, and uh, we, we always, whenever we texted each other, it was to um, to hook up. So 
uh, it's you know I'm hammered on like a Saturday night, and I go over to his apartment, and um, he uh, so we're we're doing our thing, and I don't know why this prompted him to say this, but so I'm like uh, kind of uh, sitting on him and rubbing my cock on his stomach, and he was like. Uh, he was like, don't do that, don't do that. And I was like, why? And he was like, because then I want to fuck you. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> then, uh, like, we try it, and, um, you know, in position. Uh, and I'm, I'm in position like I'm fucking, you know, like Mike Piazza is about to pitch to me. I'm in that p- position. And then uh, he uh, begins, and... <laughs> Much like this anonymous emailer, I don't know that I've felt a greater pain in my life. Um, <laughs> and, 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 like, I was just, like, for a few minutes, and not even a few minutes, for, like, probably, like, ten seconds, I was like, all right, just go with it. <laughs> just go with it. And then I just go, stop, 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 stop. And, um and I asked him to stop. I often, to this day, wonder, because that's not my typical um, sexual position. So mm-hmm. I, I often wonder to this day, had I allowed it to keep going, if it would have kind of gotten easier as it went along. And I think that possibly there was some sort of combination for this anonymous emailer of, first of all, shock, and second, secondly, this new feeling, and third, just the pain in itself that, that it made him jump and get freaked out. But the thing is, I feel like maybe if if he gave it, you know, another minute, kind of dealt with the pain and gave it another minute, that that maybe it would have started to feel good. Um, And I often wonder if it would have felt started to feel good when I was in that situation getting rammed in the fucking ass. (laughs) Well, and I agree with that. I think that, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of trepidation on his part because it's a, it's a first-time thing. He doesn't know what to expect, and uh, you know, there's going to be pain involved because you know this is the first time that he's going to get kind of penetrated that way. So it, obviously, there is going to be pain. So he's just, yeah, maybe if he stuck through it, it would have been okay. But he, you know, he, you know, you don't want to do anything that's going to hurt you. And he did say that uh, there was lightning bolts uh, in his anus type of pain. So. um I would say, you know, <laughs> try to make it as easy and, and pleasurable as possible, and that, that probably involves using a, a smaller-sized penetrable object and, uh, you know, uh, you know <laughs> make, make it, uh, you know, to inform yourself and, and make the best uh, decisions there in that regard and, uh, you know, try to, try to have fun with it. And uh, I think you're right, you know, be open about it as, as he is and, uh, you know, uh, if you're going to do it, devote uh, as much attention to it as possible and, and go through with it. So I think, uh, yeah, that's excellent advice. Brian Holmes, great kid. Great kid. The, the, the new Drew Lipinski. <laughs> what? The new Drew Lipinski. Uh, is, is that his last name? I had no idea that was his last I name. I think it is. It's not Drew Lipinski or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I cannot believe we're just getting to this now, but uh, John Weeks, I, I went to uh, Los Angeles last week for the first time in six years. Oh, yes. That's right. Oh, my God. How was it? Was it a good time? Uh, yeah, it was a great time. So <coughs> I, fl- I flew out there on Monday, 
Um, and uh, the whole reason was because my friend Jackie was getting married last week, um, and uh, that was the reason that brought me out there. And then I figured, let me try and you know parlay this into a vacation and go um, celebrate my birthday there as well. Um, so it all kind of worked out time-wise. Now, when I got there on Monday, the first thing I do uh, is I take the shuttle to the rental car place, and the whole time I'm on that shuttle, I'm thinking, like, they should really not allow me to drive because I have not driven in six years. Other than that one time, remember that one time we were in that budget truck and Jay, Jay was like, doesn't this open? And he flew into the back of the truck when he opened that door? Yes. Yeah, that and was, then he's yelling out the window. That was scary as hell. Didn't Jay go through the back door and almost fall through, like, the truck? Uh, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, he did. He did fall through the truck. <laughs> so, so I haven't driven since then. And even then, Jay was yelling out the window, Get out of the street. He hasn't driven in two years. So this is, you know, basically six years. So I go to Alamo. I pick up the car. And I'm looking around at the cars in the garage there and after they say, okay, you're, you're good to go. You know, they don't, you know, they don't test or anything. She's just, so then I'm looking at the cars, and I'm just thinking the entire time, which car am I least likely to kill someone in? <laughs> There's like different choices. So there was like a Nissan Versa and a and a Hyundai Accent and a Kia Lumineer uh, Mumford and Son. So I uh, I, I decided to go with the Hyundai. Um, and, Good choice. Uh, I went. Yes, thank you, thank you. I I, I I was very John Murphy about it. The car looked small enough that it wouldn't <clears throat> say I were to run over someone, it wouldn't hurt them too much. Um, and uh, that's a ridiculous thing to say. So I, I, I got in the Hyundai, you know, and they, they just leave the keys right there. I'm surprised there's not more theft. So I get, I get in the Hyundai at Alamo. By the way, no line whatsoever at Alamo rental car. No line. You don't have to deal with people. You could use the machines. It's, it's a great rental that's car amazing. company. Now, I want to ask you about this. Now, I had already gotten insurance through another, like a third-party deal for um, collision. But <laughs> as I'm filling out the shit, it was like, do you want to add liability for like $85 more? And I was just like, <laughs> uh, well, I better do it. So I did it. Now, what do you think about that? Is, is that if you already have the collision insurance, do you need the liability as well? That's a very good – that's a really good question. That's a, that's, that's a question for – uh, people have been asking for uh, centuries, but uh, <laughs> that's amazing that there was no line at the Alamo. That's that's amazing because when I go to Orlando or something like that, go to the Alamo line there, it's like a three-hour wait. It's ridiculous. It's like really? going to the airport. Yeah, it's like going to the airport again. That's it's like it's it's insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good question. If you have uh, prior car insurance or collision insurance, as you said. Uh, you don't necessarily need uh, insurance from the Alamo rental car insurance. Um, when I was in Texas just a couple months ago, I did get the insurance um, for peace of mind, but now that I know that, you know, and I knew this before, um, I'm more secure in my driving now, so not, not in the, the couple of months, but um, you don't need it. You don't need the extra insurance through Alamo. It's, it's just a way of them making more money. It's, it's, it is peace of mind if you're in a, 
kind of really a foreign area and you're kind of worried about your uh, driving. So it's it's up to you. It's up to the individual. But, you, again, if you have insurance, you don't need it because that insurance will cover you if you're in an accident and, and your rental car insurance. And I would, I would highly advise that you highly advise that you look over your uh, insurance policy because some insurance policies do it do cover a rental car and some some don't. Most of them do, but I would you know still advise that you look at it individually. Um, but this insurance that I know what you're saying, but the insurance that I got only covered collision. But then the Alamo thing had two separate things: one for a collision, which I declined, and then one for uh, um, what do you call it? Alimony? What did I just call it? Liability. One for liability. Well, uh, so, I mean, that, you know, it, are you sure that that's not necessary or what? Uh, well, okay, this is what I would say. I would say definitely review your own insurance policy to make sure that you, you it covers rental cars. Uh, what you're talking about is collision versus liability. The collision will, will cover basically the, the amount of the accident, so damage to the, to the cars, uh, you know, to an extent, uh, uh, damage to people, uh, but it won't cover, you know, if, if, if the person brings a lawsuit or the insurance company from the other side that got into the accident with you uh, brings the lawsuit against you. And that could be uh, up to, you know, millions of dollars. So, you know, if your mm-hmm. current car insurance doesn't cover car rentals and uh, doesn't cover liability, then I would, then in that case, I would advise to uh, purchase the liability insurance with the car uh, rental company because it is peace of mind. You never know what's going to happen. And you know, it, you know those uh, liability amounts can be through the roof. Those are, I've seen cases that are millions of dollars. You know, for the simplest of uh, car accidents. So you got to be very careful what you're dealing with, especially in like big cities. You know, that's why I did buy. You know, usually I don't want to do it. You know, my uh, my buddies in, in law school are usually like, you don't have to do it. You already have insurance. You're covered. Don't worry about it. You know, it's just a way for them to make more money. But if you're in a place where you really feel like you don't, you're not familiar with it, and there's you know, you, for some reason you think that you might get into an accident down the road there, you know, it's, it's probably a worthwhile investment, you know, in terms of liability, uh, just in terms of peace of mind and, uh, and that extra coverage. Because, uh, you know, in that case, you, you're you're definitely finding collisions because you already have that insurance. But your liability can be a big issue, yes. I would, I would say that, again, if you're not to- totally confident that your insurance covers it and you're worried about the area, go for the liability insurance because, uh, you know, if you do get an accident, it'll be a lot easier getting out of it than it will be otherwise. Fair enough. That's where I was. All right, so so I got that Hyundai, and I'm driving back from the LAX area to my friend's place in West Hollywood where I was staying. And uh, about, like, maybe, like, five minutes before I get there, my friend Ross calls, and he's like, i got to get in the shower, and he's already making me feel guilty about being late before I even get in there. What not? I gotta get in the shower, so you know, uh, I'll you know just just let me know when you're here, blah blah blah. So I was like, I'll be right there. Um, and I go in there, beautiful apartment. I was like, Are you kidding me? It's beautiful. Um, great, you know, hardwood floors, nice West Hollywood crib, nice area. Uh, however, my friend Matt Ross's roommate, Matt, his bathroom, I have not seen a mess like that since Patrick Flair. <laughs> in Burbank, California, circa 2007. I have not seen a mess. It was so grimy and nasty and stainy and puby and scummy and disgusting. And I had heard horror stories before because every time one of us goes out there, you know, if Bondulis is going for pilot season or Selvig is going for pilot, they talk about 
how they try to clean his bathroom, but they just cannot. It is impossible at this point. So um, it, it was so gross, this bathroom, so that, you know, I had to, uh, I had to use flip-flops in there, and it was just, I didn't want to keep anything in there. It was just, a, it was just disgusting. And then at one point, I kicked the toilet seat down because I wasn't yeah. going to touch it, and something flew off of it into the toilet bowl. So then I had to go, I went into the toilet bowl with my hand, and I got it out of there, and then I washed my hands twice after that, and I was like, Matt, by the way, you know, I broke this thing off the toilet. And he was like, why did they take the toilet bowl down? Ah! That's how he talked. Um, and anyway, uh, he wound up fixing it. So anyway, the first day I'm there, I go and I meet my friend Rachel. We call her CJ because her name's Rachel Roberts, so like Chief Justice Roberts. Call her CJ. Met CJ for lunch, uh, no, for dinner in Venice Beach that night. So I get to Venice a little earlier. Now, when I lived in LA, I hated Venice. It's just a weird fucking place. Uh, but I got there and it was beautiful and I was there for the sunset, some nice photographs. Um, did you know phones could take photos now? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Are you serious? This is, this is amazing. Yeah, I took some photos, I took some videos. Um, I was on the, the pier at Venice Beach, and it was just it was just gorgeous. So, um, uh, and then CJ texted me like, "Let me know when you're 15 minutes away because then I'll come." And I was like, "I'm here now." And so then she came and met me, and we had dinner. But you know what I don't like is those those things. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Those things where they put they put it by you when you're eating, uh, and it's like a little cold down. They put these like these flaming sticks. You know these like heat lamps that are on fire. Oh yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, candles. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about those? No, not candles. Like they they put them. They they're these you know these huge. You know they're taller than you, but they're on fire and they're trying. They're they're heating their heat lamps or something. Uh, oh, but they're really on torches. fire. You're talking about tiki torches. I hate those things. What do you think about those? I things? I, I don't like them either. I think they're so dumb and. They're big and they're awkward and they're ugly. It's just not necessary. I don't like them. I hate them. Uh, I tell you what, a lot of people love those things, and I just hate them. Why? Really... I, don't, I don't know why. You know, maybe for a backyard barbecue, but not for a restaurant or something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I got lunch with her. It was lovely to see her. She, she, you know, she and I worked together a few months ago, and she moved back out there to go to school and stuff, and. Um, oddly enough, Ugh. she lives in the same kind of village that my friend Adam Dornbush used to live in, uh, in Marina del Rey. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the following day was Tuesday, and when I was in uh, L.A., when I lived there, I didn't really go to the beach much, so I figured, let me go to Zuma Beach. Now, the only other time I had been to Zuma Beach, which is in Malibu, uh, was when my friend Alexis took me there, uh, like right before I left, basically. Um, now... <laughs> In college, uh, you know, uh, uh, Alexis and I were, uh, let me just put it this way. There, there were several opportunities that we had to bang, and I didn't take advantage of a single one, uh, and I really regret that now. So, so that, this trip to Zuma reminded me of, of that. And, like, oh, man. But the thing is, when we got to Zuma, she goes, she was still dating someone. But she was being, like, mad flirty. But then she said she was going to break up with her boyfriend. And then I was like, okay, so I can't do anything about it now. Anyway, she wanted to break up with him. But 
she takes me to the airport when I leave L.A. to come to New York, and she's in my uh, fucking motel room in my bed, and I still didn't do shit about it. And I still <laughs> to this day, now that she's married especially, really regret my youth decisions. <laughs> hey, man, no regrets, no regrets. <laughs> All right, thanks, uh, fucking Riggins. So we're, we're uh, I go to Zuma Beach. I, I'm driving along. You know, people always say drive along the Pacific Coast Highway. It's beautiful. Have you done that? Yes, I have. It's, it's an amazing experience, yeah. Yes, okay. So I, I drove up the Pacific Coast Highway to Malibu. I get to Zuma. It's really early in the morning because keep in mind, I'm kind of jet-lagged, so I'm three hours ahead. So I left at like 7 a.m. or something. So I was thinking the water's probably going to be cold, and I wanted to go in. So I go in to the water at Zuma Beach, and uh, it's freezing. The water's freezing. So I got in, like, up to my knees or something, and then I was like, all right, let me just leave. So then I left, and uh, on the way back, I came across Santa Monica, and I was like, oh, I wonder how close I am to the counter. Meanwhile, I'm shocked that I haven't killed anyone in my driving. Um, So... I figure, let me go to the counter, the burger place. I'll go to the counter, and then after the counter, what I'll do is I'll go back to Zuma Beach, and maybe the sun will be out. So um, I go to the counter, and the I told out, you know, in New York, whenever you need to charge your cell phone, somebody has somebody's going to help you charge your cell phone. Now, this is L.A., mind you. And <laughs> I asked the waitress, is there anywhere? This, this, keep in mind, this is my favorite burger place of all time. I asked the waitress, right. is there anywhere we could plug this in? I my charger out and everything. And she was like, um, not really. And I was like, what about, can you plug it in behind the bar or something? And she said, I wouldn't because there's a lot of water. <laughs> and then um, I, and then she was like, I mean, I think there's one over there, but we're not, like, responsible if something happens to your phone. And I said, Jesus. I didn't realize this was a whole ordeal. And she said, well, yeah, it's just like we've had people come in and take people's phones. And I was like, all right. So then I'm sitting there, you know, not charging my phone. I'm at like 19%. I don't know, you know, I need the Google navigation in the car. Otherwise, I don't know where I'm going. Um, so uh, so I didn't charge my phone. Um, and I wait for the burger, which, keep in mind, it was the greatest. Burger sucked. The sweet potato oh, was so great. No. The burger sucked, you know. And you know what? The, the one in Times Square, that one's, that one's better now than the one in L.A., which I was very surprised by. Are you are you, are you being serious there? Are you just saying that because you, you like New York more, or is it really the burger is better in New York? The Tell burger the didn't even now. taste like a counter burger. It, it didn't even taste like a diner burger. It sucked. Oh, that's, that's ridiculous. How, what about the fries? Were the fries any good? The fries were exactly the same. Fries were delicious as always. Okay, okay, all right, okay. Oh, gosh. The oh, sweet potato terrible. fries, not the regular fries, not the regular fries. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I couldn't find an outlet there, right? So that sucked. Um, then uh, I go, I go back to Zuma Beach uh, once the sun, because the sun was out in Santa Monica. So I could drive back out to Malibu, and the sun's not out there. And I, I put my feet in the water. It's even colder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's just, you know, that was, that was Tuesday. Um, that is a big fucking ordeal over there. That's ridiculous. Exactly. Everything is a huge ordeal. Along those lines, I went to um, a coffee bean and tea leaf. Have you heard of these stores? These cafes? No, I have not. 
they're like Starbucks's except worse. So I go into a coffee bean and tea leaf, and um, they, they just opened some in New York recently, too. Uh, but it's big in L.A. So, um, uh, you know, w- the problem was is that my, my debit card wasn't swiping because it was scratched. So what they do in New York, it's not even a second thought. They'll yeah. go to swipe it. It won't swipe. Uh, they'll try a couple times, but when it doesn't swipe, they just type it in manually. So I go to right. the coffee bean, and this girl was taking my order, and she couldn't get it to swipe, so I said, can you just put it in manually? And so she said, okay, and she starts doing it. This really friendly guy to customers, but a real bitch to his coworkers, turns to her, and he has this horrified look when he sees what she's doing, when he sees that she's typing this shit in manually. And she does it, and he's just like, uh, okay, let me do this. And then he did it, and he was like, next time, let one of us know when you're going to do that. And I felt so bad because I wanted to apologize to her because I didn't realize that that is a huge ordeal in L.A. But it is, it is a huge ordeal. So that was at the coffee bean, and I, I never got to apologize to her, and I, I thought the, the manager or whatever was a real jerk about it. And then the next morning, I go to uh, Starbucks, and the girl was like, maybe do you have another card? And John Lee said, I did not want to use another card. And I said, maybe could you do it manually? And and she and her coworker go, oh, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to do that. And I said, I've what? never heard of that before. Why is that? And they said, because then Visa can dispute the charge if, like, one of us doesn't swipe it. And I said, I, I said to them, you know, I didn't expect this to be such an ordeal in New York. They just type it in manually right away. Everything's an ordeal in L.A., huh? And the guy goes, I guess so. Ha ha. Oh, man. So then I figure, all right, this is fucking, I, oh, God. So I said, let me just get a temporary card that does swipe. So I go to the Bank of America to switch out the debit card to get a card that does swipe. Um, and so they give me a temporary card and say so they'll mail the other one. And they, they, um, uh, the, the thing is that my, keep in mind, when they give you a temporary card, it just says preferred customer, but doesn't have my name on it. All right. So I'm thinking, oh, I bet this is going to be a problem too. Yeah. The fact that it says temporary customer on it. So, uh, that was that day. Um, that was on, uh. Uh, Wednesday. So this is this is my birthday. The whole the whole cough, the whole Starbucks thing about we're not allowed to have it on my on my birthday. Um, <laughs> I think. So then, um, birthday came along. Oh wait 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 no 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 hold up. God damn it, Holmes, you fucked it up. Uh, the night before my birthday, I am sleeping on the couch and I'm nodding off, and then all of a sudden at midnight, you know, when it turns my birthday in L.A. Uh, uh, Matt Hawk uh, creeps up behind me and starts, like, spooning me. He's like, happy birthday. And I, like, jumped. It was terrifying. Um, but also, the other thing is that I started getting all these happy birthday messages on Facebook at 9 p.m. the previous day. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I realized, oh, because <clears throat> I'm in a different time zone and everyone else is in the future. So I, I figured that out. So then, then Hawk, you know, spoons me for a split second, freaks me out, fall asleep. You know, that freaks me out, not the fucking big girthy cock in my ass. Um, 
So, so then uh, the next day was my birthday, and Ro- Ross um, and Hawk were doing their own thing, basically. And I was like, you know, I, I got beer if you guys want it. And Ross was like, I think I'm going to start with liquor. Uh, and I, I was basically pre-gaming by myself on my own birthday because they were doing <laughs> their own thing. You know, drinking these Bud Lights. By the way, they had these Bud Lights that had a twist. You could, you, they were like uh, soda bottles where you could put the cap back on them. How about that? Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that. They were also 18 ounces each, which I didn't realize. So, um, oh my God. You know, usually they're like 12, but <clears throat> I didn't realize the, how big they were. So, uh, but basically, I'm pre-gaming by myself, and what I do is on their uh, Apple TV, I turn on the Vivo channel. I put on the mm-hmm. Cruise Remix by Florida Georgia Line featuring Nelly. Have you heard this song? I have not. No, I have not. It is incredible. It's a country song with Nelly on it. It's incredible. You must hear it immediately after we go up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out because I, I like Nelly. Didn't he do that song with, like, a... Trace Actions or something like that. That's action, you know. Tim McGraw. You racist. Tim McGraw. Yeah, that, that was not bad actually. I was like, wow, this guy can sing country. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So I just played that a couple times, pre-gaming by myself, and then it was like <laughs> the party started at nine o'clock at Dimples, this karaoke bar in Burbank, and it was basically it was nine o'clock, and I was like, we got to get out of here. Now, do you remember the guy that I told you about, the douchey guy that said he could get into that fucking sports bar? Yes, 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 I remember that guy, yes. All right, we called him Tony. His name is Darren, so let's just call him Darren. So (laughs) Darren sends Ross this decal in the mail that Ross got on my birthday, unfortunately, of an American flag that lights up to put on his new Audi. So I was like, we got to get out of here, and Ross is obsessed with looking at these instructions, and he was like, okay, after we put the thing on the car. I was like, no, we have no time. I'm late for my own birthday party, Don. And he's like, all right, all right, we'll go after we put the thing on the car. And I'm like, no, there's no time yet. And he's like, do you not realize where you are and you're in L.A. and everyone's a flake here and they don't show up? And if they do show up, they show up an hour late. And I was like, I'm telling you, man, we got to get out of here. So I have to wait for Ross to put the fucking decal on his car. And watching him do it is absurd. We're in the garage and he's... <laughs> the windshield is like all greasy, so he takes off his sh- keeps taking off his shirt to wipe the windshield, and then putting it back on, taking off his shirt to wipe the windshield, put it back on, and all you could see was his back skin. And then he's uh, he finally gets the decal on, and then it's not straight, and then he adjusts it, and then it's straight. And it's like nine ten, you know, and and we need to get to Burbank. We need to get over the hill, uh, take that one hundred and one. Uh, across from West Hollywood. So we finally um, start going, you know, and I bl- I totally blame that jackass Darren for that situation. Uh, so we go to Dimples, this karaoke bar in Burbank. Now, I remember it being a dive bar. I do not remember it being a shithole. It was the diviest. That is the quote of the week. I remember it being a dive bar, but I don't remember it being a shithole. <laughs> it was so divey. So divey right now. Oh, um, 
But we went in there, the sleazy old guy that used to grope my friend Ainsley, she, he was there, and he was pleasing it up. And, you know, they got the old guy going around taking pictures and shit. Now, <clears throat> Hawk had made us practice blurred lines because I wanted to do that a bunch of times. And practicing karaoke is not a typical uh, tradition. You just get up there and do it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, like your boy Snoop says. But our friend Zach, he's the one that started this whole practicing karaoke thing. He'll look at his Blackberry, look at the lyrics, whatever, and stuff. And I just think that's stupid. So we practice too much. I think we practice too much for the blurred lines. So at some, and they, you know what? They didn't even have it. They didn't have it at the karaoke place. So uh, I, I just said, all right, they don't have it. And then the old guy was like, what don't they have? We'll have you look it up on the internet. So then they did it, and they had they they looked it up and they put it up there, and then we did it. <laughs> but we over practiced, so I I I didn't do well. I think it was we overdid it. Anyway, I'm 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 getting ahead of myself. So we get to Burbank, we walk in the shithole, and of course, of course, there's people there already because we're like a half hour late. And uh, what what's his name? Even like tweeted or Facebook, Cosmo Facebook. Where's the birthday boy, Ryan Holmes? So he's making it public that I look like an idiot. <laughs> so then I, I, I walk in there and I hear, hey, hey, and I see, you know, a, a bunch of people um, who came out, um, a bunch of friends from Syracuse, and then my uh, friend Sean that I've only ever met on the radio, Sean Broyles, who, who uh, filled in <clears throat> for Tom Fogarty on the backstage show Nikki co-hosted. Um, and... You know, I've never met him in person, and um, he's a very short man, 5'4". He's 5'4". So, but he is, um, he's hilarious, i got to say. He is hilarious. So it was so good to see everyone, and it's, I'm telling you, it's very rare that in Los Angeles a bunch of people come out for anything. So to get, yeah. like, that many people out there uh, for me, including the brides that we're about to get married two days later. Uh, and oh, my people, God. Oh, jeez. Coming from oh Long God. Beach, which is like an hour away, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, they were so starving that they ate the food at Dimples, the shithole, and they did not feel well afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So There's nothing but love for you there, man. That's Wednesday. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, every everything closes matterly there. Oh, and then my friend Paul showed up like, three hours late. So I got to the, I got to my birthday party late and then I left it before some people left it. It was ridiculous, but it was fine. It was a wonderful time. Um, but I'll tell you what happened on Thursday, John Weeks. I had to return the uh, rental car and exchange it out for another one because I used points through my debit card for the first right. rental car. Right. So what I had to do was take that back to Alamo. So I took the Hyundai back to Alamo unscathed, unscratched, mm-hmm. unmurdered. And then I <laughs> I walk six minutes away to um, Dollar Rent-A-Car. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you've ever had any experiences with Dollar Rent-A-Car, but like I said, Alamo, I walked in, I got out, it was great. Uh, I walked into Dollar. The line was unbelievable. I waited mm-hmm. in that line. You know, I, I wish that I had just kind of, you know, used the points for the first couple of days and then just worked it out with Alamo and paid full price to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at Dollar. I'm in this line for two hours. And every, I don't oh. know how they stay in business because 
everybody in that line was saying that they would never use dollar again. Um, and I finally get up to the guy, <clears throat> and he was very nice, and he was like, happy birthday, and he shook my hand and all this shit. Um, and he, he was a little too nice. He was a little creepy. Um, but then he started uh, trying to slide my credit card to put a, you know, to, 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 so that I could get the car. Now, nobody ever said that there needed to be $400 on a particular card. So every single card was getting declined because I didn't have it. Um, so right. that was a disaster. And then I'm, I'm like, I basically just asked out there. And the guy's like, I'll be honest, you don't have many options. And he suggested calling Hotwire, you know, through whom I booked the car. So I called Hotwire, and they were worthless, and they just said, we can't transfer your reservation. We can just, uh, we can refund your money. So they refunded the money, but that didn't really help at the time. So <clears throat> I didn't know what to do. So I, the guy was like, you know, you don't have to wait in two hours if you come back. And I was like, I, I don't trust that. Can you talk to a manager now and make sure that happens? So he talked to the manager. The manager was cool. He said, yeah, I'll be here till 7. It was like 4 o'clock. I wanted to go to, to a museum that day to see an exhibit, and I, I never got there because of this shit. So what oh, I do is yeah. I start panicking. I start texting you. I start texting uh, uh, my friend Adam. I start uh, texting Nick Dudgnick. I start texting basically every broke friend I have, you know, <laughs> to help me out. And, uh, and then I, I – so I was like, all right, fuck this shit. So I walked back over to Alamo. Mm-hmm. I walked it six minutes back. You know, I should have just fucking stayed at Alamo to begin with. So I walked the six minutes back, and I walked in there all hot and bothered, and the guy's like, hey, how are you? And I said, not good. And he said, uh-oh. <laughs> and I said, yeah, a dollar. And he said, we get a lot of complaints about them. Um, <clears throat> and um, what, I, what he just he, he said to go over and, and book the, this reservation, whatever. Uh, so I went over there. Luckily, you know, Alamo took debit cards, and they honor debit cards as long as you can provide proof that you have a return flight and have to get back to. So they offered solutions, whereas uh, dollar was worthless mm-hmm. and a huge inconvenience. But, but I, I have nothing but positive things to say about Alamo in L.A. I don't know about your shit in Orlando, but you shouldn't be going to Florida to begin with. <laughs> I agree with that completely. But that's, see, that's cool. It worked out at Alamo. They're great kids. Yeah, the the thing was though that now I've given up the Hyundai. I was just gonna, I was thinking I could walk right back to that car and get back in it. But let me find out. I walk back there, and the only options are a Kia, a Sentra, and a Toyota that's missing its keys. So <laughs> not a Sentra. It was a Versa, Nissan Versa. So I get, I get in the Nissan Versa because I'm not gonna be fucking with that Kia. I get in the Versa, and I um, oh, and there was like some, and there was like a Chevy, but I got in the Versa. Again, I'm looking for the car that I'll be least likely to kill someone in. And I, um, I don't do the liability this time because I, I, didn't, I didn't have any money. So I didn't do the liability. I just had the collision. Um, I drive that Versa out of there. And by the time I got back to West Hollywood, it was basically time for dinner where I was going to meet um, my friend Bryce and his wife, Julia, for dinner at the Grove. Now, Bryce and I haven't been to the Grove. That was like our spot when we lived in L.A. Um, we'd go there every Saturday, dinner, movie, whatever, after we played tennis earlier that day. Basically, there was, you know, Bryce and I would meet early on Saturdays, play tennis. they each go back to our respective places and then just call each other up and be like, uh, what are you doing tonight? And we may as well have just not, you know, 
separated to begin with. Kind of like how he's separated from that Hyundai. You know yeah, that's a good friend. So, that's, that's a good friend right there. <laughs> right. Um, and we go to the Grove. We go to this uh, Italian restaurant. And <clears throat> at, at some point, we were walking, like, by the trolley and shit at the Grove. And I just, like, got this chill. Like, uh, and I was like, I cannot believe I'm back here with you right now. It felt so weird and so, like, nostalgic. And it was, like, mm-hmm. at the exact time that he was saying, I really expected to feel some nostalgia while I got here, but I, and I was, like, I got this chill, like, right when he was saying he didn't feel nostalgic, so fuck him. Anyway, <laughs> I think he eventually agreed that it did feel somewhat um, awesome. So uh, we eat dinner, and I, I get this Diavola pizza at the Grove, and it is so spicy. I've never had a pizza so spicy. And then Bryce had, like, a slice, and he was like, wow, that is, that is spicy. And all I know about that, John Lee, is I woke up at 4 a.m. thinking I was going to die that night. Uh, so it's a good thing I forgot my doggy bags. But I tell you what, we 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 were there and we ate the dinner. And then we're, we're Julia, his wife, has to go to the toilet afterwards. So she's at the toilet, and then Bryce and I are standing there um, waiting for her. And Bryce is looking behind me, and he goes, "That's uh, that's Jimmy. That's Jimmy. What's his name? Steven Tyler." And I was like, what? And he said, that's Steven Tyler. And I turn around, I see this lady walking by, and he's like, I'm like, no. And he's like, no, that is Steven Tyler. So it turns out this lady was Steven Tyler. So Oh, my God. I mean, it's just, I say lady because she, you know, just from behind, uh, she looked like a lady. Uh, you look like a lady, huh? How about that? Uh, you look yeah, like you a know? lady. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so then Julia comes back out, and he's like, that's the guy from Aerosmith. And so... We were like, all right, let's just go. Let's walk in. Steven Tyler was walking with this big fat guy into a movie theater. I don't know if the big fat guy was his friend or his bodyguard or whatever, but Steven Tyler was just walking in there, you know, and he was, it was weird because he was going up to the, you know, those machines you got where you swipe your credit card? Yeah, yeah. At the movies? Well, Steven Tyler like was, was at one of those machines, and it was weird to see him do, do just this, like, everyday thing. He didn't look, trust me, he didn't look like an everyday guy. He looked weird as shit. But it was weird to see him doing an everyday thing. Um, and then uh, Bryce pretends to order his own ticket to something, but it obviously he's not doing it. So I start taking these pictures. I can't take pictures while, you know, his, he's facing me. But as soon as Steven Tyler turns around, I'm taking pictures of the back of his head, um, which kind of, if you think about it, is fucking pointless. But uh, he um, was in these really tight pants, and he was walking real crazy, and I didn't think really anything of it. But then Bryce and Julia took, like, a long, good long look at how he was walking. And, uh, and they got really grossed out. And they were like, oh, I wish I didn't see that. And I was like, what? And Bryce was like, his knees bend the wrong way. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what's going on with the way that that guy walks, but it was weird. the other weird thing about it is that he was smiling and, <clears throat> and waving. But nobody, nobody was waving to him or smiling. He was, he was waving at somebody, no, but there was nobody there. Dude, was like, it was really cool because like um, he's he's a legend, and and it was cool to be in his presence for a moment. Um, mm-hmm. So that's very uh, cool, man. See, the celebrity yeah, coming out for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, him, I, I'd love to see him show up at Dimples and sing some Aerosmith songs. That'd be amazing. That would be uh, pretty cool. 
here's the other thing about Bryce's wife. At one point I had said that I had gone to see Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z at Yankee Stadium, and she, she, she turned to Bryce and was like, I'm still trying to figure out if he's being sarcastic about liking Justin Timberlake. And I tell you what, Tony, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel good about that moment. And I was like, what are you, are you kidding? Everybody loves Justin now. Like what a, (laughs) what a dated opinion to have on Timberlake. What year is she in? You know, I don't understand. I'm, I'm very, I don't know how to feel about her anymore after that comment. That joke is dated. (laughs) <laughs> Good callback. Uh, so that, and then you, what I do with that night is I return to um, the the crib where I was staying, and and Matt Hawk with the dirty bathroom, and his girlfriend is sitting there, and Tracy, and she starts digging into this bag, uh, and she keeps pulling shit out of it to eat, and it is the noisiest shit, and I I don't know if you know this about me. But I, I hate when people chew with their mouths open, hence why I hate seeing oh, I when Andrew eat. Yeah. So uh, I hate it. So uh, Tr- Tracy, Hawk's girlfriend, it's not that she's chewing with her mouth open the entire time. <clears throat> but every, like, time she finishes one of these food things that she keeps pulling out of this endless bag, like, I was like, oh, my God, when will this end? Two hours. Literally, two hours she was pulling shit out of this bag and eating, and I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was annoying the shit out of me because she would start chewing with her mouth closed, and then each time she would, like, smack. She would smack her tongue and stuff, and that shit is, like, my fucking kryptonite. Eventually, I realized what she was eating was spicy Cheetos. So it was a never-ending bag of Cheetos. Delicious. And we're watching um Million Second Quiz, and she's eating these Cheetos. It is the most annoying moment of the entire trip. You know, even worse than Dollar Rental Car. Um, so that was Thursday. <clears throat> the next day, uh, Bryce uh, and I decided to play tennis before the wedding. The next day is the day of the wedding. My friends Jack and Kim, Jackie and Kim got married. Um, and so Bryce and I decided to play tennis. Bryce doesn't think to look up Long Beach public tennis courts. All he does is he looks at Google Maps and sees a picture of some tennis courts somewhere and says, let's go there. What a fucking schmuck. So so I go and I meet him in Long Beach and I shit you not, John Lee, he brought us to a prison. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Are you serious? It was either a prison or a high school surrounded by barbed wire. <laughs> so we're, like, searching for, for these courts, and we're thinking, like, well, this is probably a prison or a really dangerous high school, and we'd probably be trespassing, whatever. And he's like, I'm like, let's just find other courts. And he's not willing to give up on these courts because he sees a picture of them on a fucking map. So... Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe the normal thing is to not look up Long Beach public tennis courts. So then I Googled it, and then I found one that looked close, and I said, let's go here instead. So then we do after about 20 minutes of wasting time because of his dump ass. Um, <laughs> and then we we play tennis. We have very little time to warm up, so we start playing tennis. He destroys me. 
destroyed me. Like it was it was six love, six two, six love. And I you know, it was three sets went by in like a half hour and I, I was terrible. And there was a part during the second set when I began to remember how to hit a ground stroke, which is the normal stroke in tennis. Um but uh that was it, you know, and and he destroyed me. But it was fun to play. Uh, it was fun to play for in L.A., well, in California for the first time in six years, um, mm-hmm. although although he destroyed me. So after he destroyed me at tennis, then I go to the um, the girls who were getting married. I went to their crib because that's where I was staying. They say mm-hmm. it's going to be a full house. I walk in, nobody's there. It's just me. And I tell you what, no one ever came there besides me. It was, it, it, you know, not not even them. Just me that night, too. Uh, so I don't know what they were saying full house about. I, I took the spare room looking back on it. I wish I took the common area to start watching the TV, you know, when I got back that night. But, okay. So me and Bryce, we play the tennis, and I go back to the crib. It's beautiful. I don't know what it is about lesbians, but great, you know, great decorating sense. So <clears throat> then the, the wedding was at this beautiful art museum in Long Beach. The pastor, or whatever she was, officiator, I fell in love with this woman immediately. You know why? She walked, what? like, this, this song was playing, um, and she walked out to the song, and she <laughs> was smiling and waving to the crowd as if she was a celebrity. <laughs> it, and it was very clear that it was all about her. <laughs> and right. I loved that. I loved it. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to like this lady. And uh, mm-hmm. then she, um, you know, the brides walked out and it was very moving. And, and apparently um, our friend, her father didn't always approve of, of her sexuality. To, so to see her, him walking her down the aisle, Bryce got very emotional about that. I didn't know that particular fact, but Bryce got very mm-hmm. emotional about that. You know, it was a very beautiful thing that the, we had come to this point of acceptance. Um, and, and mm-hmm. tolerance and um, and love and togetherness. And then after that all happened and after everyone, you know, walked everyone in, the officiator of the wedding that, that I was in love with, she, she goes, whew, that was emotional for me. <laughs> and I loved that. I, I like, fell in love with her. Um, and mm-hmm. in the middle of the um, ceremony, she says, I just want to push this mic away for a second because I want to scream something. And then she yells, it's legal. It's legal. Like this was the first ceremony that right. she officiated where it was legal in California or it was legal in the United States where it was just fucking legal to love who you love. So that was a beautiful right. thing. Um, that is, yeah. And that was a fucking beautiful moment when she when she pu- pushed that mic away and screamed it. Um and everything was very beautiful. The girls' dresses were out of this world. I mean, everything was very nice. Uh, and um, the reception was fun. Uh, they, they started playing Michael Jackson, and I was like, oh, let me break out my MJ. But then all of a sudden, these two dance virtuosos got on the dance floor, and I was like, ain't no way I'm getting on now. Uh, and then Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby was playing, and mm-hmm. Jackie's sister's boyfriend did a split the Ice Ice Baby, um, oh it was insane. And he's like a big guy. You know, it's funny to see a big guy do a split. So then I walked back. 
I'm walking back to uh, the the girls, the the new wives' place, to where I'm the only one staying. Yeah, full house, my ass. Where's <laughs> Uncle Jesse? So, um, I walk back there, and I'm looking at the Google Maps, and I'm hammered, and and I don't realize that the curb is higher than I thought it'd be. Anyway, I step down and land on my ankle. No good. <laughs> and I ate it, and all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of the street. And, you know, there's, there's, there's people around. Nobody's helping me get out of the street. Um, and, you know, it's not the wedding people. It's, it's just strangers around. Now, that's one of the things we take for granted in New York. In L.A., it's very every man for himself. Uh, and, right. and here it's not. You would kind of expect the opposite, but it's, it's not the case. And that's kind of what last week taught me. Anyway, I got up, dusted myself off, but my ankle was a little bit... Um, aggravated. So I go, uh, and I didn't even think about it, but my friend Jackie, one of the brides, she's a nurse. So I should have just thought about it. Oh, she must have ice packs in the freezer. I didn't even think about that. So I just go back there, go to sleep. I should have gotten an ice pack. Anyway, the next morning, it's like 8 a.m. And uh, I get a text at 8 a.m. And the phone wasn't near me, but I was like, I know that's Bryce. And I know he's going to say, let's play tennis. And I look at the text and it's Bryce. And he said, let's play tennis again. Uh, and I was like, here's the situation. Like, ate it last night, ankle, whatever. And he was like, walk it off. What else do you have to do? And I said, listen, lady, uh, I don't want to play and then spend the next eight months regretting it. And, and you know, because we've been through that shit before, John Weeks, if you'll recall. I recall that. Yes, definitely. That was terrible. That was, that was like the worst time yeah. of your life. I remember that. Yeah. So then, so we didn't play. But then I go meet them for brunch. I'm starving. And then the Jackie texts us that it's not 11, it's 11.30. Oh, it was a nightmare. But then we finally ate and stuff, and it was fine. Um, but uh, we, we had a lovely brunch with, you know, the family and the brides and everything. After yeah. that, I uh, said goodbye to Bryce and Julia, and I went back to West Hollywood where I was staying. I thought, you know, as any gay in West Hollywood would do, let me get on the grinder. Um, you know, the, the gay sex app. Uh, so I get on it, and there's this really hot guy on there. And in his description, in his description, it says, um, it ain't gay if it's in a three-way. Now, obviously, I'm thinking, well, this has got to be uh, a joke. Um, it's, you know, I mean, he's just referring to that uh, Lonely Island song, and, and he's kidding. Anyway, I start talking to him, and they're, they're, my friend Amy is in my grinder photo, if you will. And by God, I pray to God you will. And the guy's like, like I'm looking for a hot bi couple, blah blah blah. And I was like, uh. And he said, he said, I want to fuck that girl in the picture while you eat my ass and all this shit. And I'm like, um, uh, oh my God. Uh, anyway, what a fucking weirdo is my point. So, um, oh, and then also so somebody else on Grinder messages me. That's my childhood best friend, Amy. So now I'm thinking, oh great, she's gonna know she's in my Grinder photo. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, the hits just keep coming. Then. So then the 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 last thing uh, that we did was. Um, my friend, I was, I was going to take Matt and Ross. They were very kind to have let me stay there all week. 
Um, and I mean, they let Jason stay there for a month. They, you know, it, it's just they're very generous with their apartment, uh, as quirky as they are, um, and stuff. Like for instance, Ross did not want me to write down the Wi-Fi password. He didn't mind that I put it into all my devices, but he didn't want me to have it. What? Why? I don't, you know, he really wanted to. It got to the point that it was so ridiculous. Now I've memorized it because I couldn't write it down. And I still know, it. and I, I'm very tempted to say it right now, but I won't out of respect. Um, but what happened was I wanted to take the two of them out to dinner, Ross and Hawk. But Hawk was at a sing along to the sound of music at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> Oh, my God. So it wound up being just me and Ross out to dinner in West Hollywood. So Ross kept saying, like, by the way, we look like a total couple. Um, and what happens is we go into this this uh, restaurant called Evely. <laughs> it's in West Hollywood. Um, it's, like, along the Sunset Strip, I think. Uh, and we, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, we go up to the hostess, and Ross is – talking to the girls in front of him who are talking to the hostess, and he's distracting them. He's distracting the hostess. <laughs> and um, then the girls walk away, and <laughs> Ross is like, he just goes up and starts chatting with people, you know, like like a nut kid, <laughs> like, a, like a creep. You know, he's like that creepy kid who used to come in the middle of your conversation in the cafeteria who would just be there. You know, who who wasn't friends with anyone, and he would just start getting on the conversation out of nowhere. Anyway, right, they're like, who's, who's this guy? Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, Ross thinks he can do that because girls tend to like him, whatnot. Anyway, he, so he's talking to them, and I I just go up to the hostess, and I was like, table for two, and she goes, thank you, thank you very much, and I was like, no problem. So I walk away, and I go up to the bar, and she says, there's a 30 minute wait. So I go to the bar, and Ross is still back there. Ross comes up to me at the bar, and he's like, it was very weird. I was just talking to the hostess. She, she said, I love your friend. He's very present. And, and I was like, yeah, do you not realize that's a dig at you? Like, she likes me because I was the only one moving the shit along. I just said table for two, whereas you were driving her nuts. And he was like, no, it wasn't. Maybe it was a dig at me. And he and we had he checked in on Foursquare and his yeah. Foursquare is connected to his Twitter and so once he checked in the restaurant tweeted back at him, welcome like welcome we hope you're enjoying your time at Evelyn and then he tweeted back at them, this is my favorite quaint little hidden gem of L A. However, <laughs> however, I think I disturbed the hostess with my eccentric behavior. <laughs> and then he, the, the, he starts talking to this bartender, who's a, a, a male bartender, about this um, rake, rakey, something weird vodka. Uh, and he was like, this is great vodka. That's, why, why are you putting over there with the well drink? And then he's, the bartender was like, uh, because we serve good stuff here. And, like, the bartender, so he managed to piss off the hostess and the bartender. So everyone's getting pissed off at my friend. And and then um, Ross was like, I don't know what to do. we got to find out how they're going to find us. And I was like, all right, so go ask. And he's like, no, you go ask. Now that, she, you know, she likes you, she hates me. So I go up to the hostess, and I'm like, 
hey, sorry to bother you. And she said, no, oh, my God, do you know that I love you? <laughs> and, and, oh I, my God. and I was like, just wanted to know if uh, you'll, you'll come get us when our table's ready. And she was like, yes, we'll come and get you. And so I go back to sit down with Ross, and, and I said, she's going to come and get us. I didn't want to ask when because I didn't want to push it. Um, so then eventually they come grab us. They put us basically on the street, like in the furthest corner of the restaurant that is like you literally see my homeless cousin begging for change about 10 feet away. And at first, Ross was happy with that choice. But then when I pointed out to him that they put us in the corner and that it was freezing, he was not happy. So then Ross starts moving all about the restaurant. And just any empty seat there is, he tries to sit down there to see if we can sit there. I'm like, no, it's fine. This is the, the hand we're dealt. We've got to roll with it. Um, and the waitress came over, very pretty young girl, and she starts saying, like, what can I get you for dinner? And it was kind of weird. I thought that was a little weird. But then Ross was like, what do you think about this hostess? I think, you know, she's she kind of a little bitchy. And, like, the, ho- the waitress is like, uh, I-, I don't know what happened. And Ross is like, I mean, I think I, I-, I may have disturbed her with my erratic behavior. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, she can be kind of, like, she can get irritated and stuff, but and Ross is like, "See, you know what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about." And she's like, "No, I mean, you know, that's fine." And um, and then Ross keeps on switching seats and whatnot, and then he sees one of those those big sticks of fire things, you know, the things I was complaining about before, the tiki torches. And Ross is like, Ross is like, maybe they should turn this one on behind us. And I said, "No, no, no, I don't like those things." He said, "Why not?" I said, "Because it irritates my skin." And he said, "Oh, you nuts! It's warm." Warmth it irritates your skin, and I was like, "Yes," and he was like, "You're crazy." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm crazy." So, which I mean, to be fair, yeah, I am, but so is he. And he's, so he's moving about from place to place. Also, he could he not have chosen the most expensive place for me to take him to dinner? By the way, between the bar and the food, it was a hundred bucks easy. Uh, so, oh my god! So, so then, and then he orders the. Uh, the pasta, and it's like he's done with like in within five seconds. Um, and and, <laughs> and then we, we finally, yeah. And and then I told him that I had this whole trouble with, uh, you know, pissing in public, and I got caught and shit. And then as we walked back to the parking lot, he's like, "Oh my god, you're made in public." After I told him, you know, my whole story, and he goes and pees, and there's a homeless guy there. And then, he, and then he can't stop talking about how great a spot it is that, that the homeless guy has. He's like, it's nice and hidden and whatnot. Um, then we drive, we drive back to the crib, and I am dying, bro. I had, like, no sleep after the wedding. I am so tired, and I had to get up for this uh, flight the next day. That was The flight was at um, 6.30 a.m. So oh, uh, yeah. Ross and Hawk are just kind of, like, keeping me up. And at some point, they're like, all right, we should go to bed. So they went to bed. I was so worried I wasn't going to wake up with my alarm. But I woke up for the alarm, and I go, I get in the, the Nissan Versa. Um, I left my computer charger there, unfortunately. Hence why I had to run the show from the iPad tonight. But I'm driving um, to the airport. To, well, I'm driving to drop off the rental car. And keep in mind, I had no problems with the car whatsoever. Then, 
all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's like this little uh, kind of um, indentation, this kind of decline in the road that, uh, you know, I was going probably like 40 miles over, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, after I hit that little bump, the car, mm-hmm. I would accelerate with the gas pedal, but the car would not accelerate, but it would go, and I was like, oh, oh God, fuck. And it's yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning, right? And I'm, like, totally assed out if some shit happens, and it's a rental car and everything. So I just figure, all right, pull over. And I took a deep breath, and I was like, let me, maybe it's like a computer. Maybe, when you know, when it's broken, you turn it off and turn it back on. So right. I turned off the car. I turned it back on. I very slowly accelerated back, and everything went back to normal. But thank Jeebus that that wasn't a bigger problem because I was real worried that it was going to stay doing that, you know? I don't even know what right. the reason was for it to go back to normal other than I just turned it off, turned it back on, and I got to the airport, and it was amazing how, like, you know, I feel like a, a flight, 4 a.m. flight, like, n- nothing should go well when you're flying from L.A. to New York and it's 4 a.m., whatever, but I'm telling right. you, man, that was the smoothest, Everything was on time. Everything was early. Flight got in 25 minutes early to JFK. The longest I waited was for the um, the baggage claim at JFK, but even that wasn't that bad. And it was like the trip back was so smooth. I've never had such a smooth trip like flight before. So that was awesome. But anyway, that is my L.A. story, and I take a bow. I, I, I had to clap for that one. That's amazing. <laughs> That, that is a, that's a great story. It's, you did so much in like a week, you know, a week's time. That's 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 a great trip. That's a fun time. Oh my gosh! And you deserve oh, it, man. Happy birthday, bro! Oh my thank gosh! Thank you, sir. Oh I'm I'm goodness. so glad. I'm. Well, we we've gone like over an hour over the time that we usually go. So. <laughs> Uh, I hope I didn't keep you from your life, Sean Weeks, for too long. No, no, that's fine. I, I love this story, so I, definitely worth it, man. Always good to talk to you because we didn't have a show last week. We had to make up for it. You know, that's how we do. We joyride here. We joyride <laughs> nothing here. We joyride <laughs> Tell Petey he wants some pizza, I'll put him in the box. <laughs> Tell Petey he wants some pizza, I'll put him Tell in the box. Tell Petey he wants some pizza, I'll put him in the box. <laughs> you just double teamed me there. That's so disturbing. I don't know why he even said that. Where's Petey at? Anyways, did Petey go to L.A. too? No, I'm looking right at Petey. He's face down in my bed. He's sleeping. Oh, man. Wake him up. Wake his ass up. <laughs> nah, man. It's Petey on one side and Pound on the other side. <laughs> Dude, that's we'll talk about that next time. Though. Um, I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. If you have a Barbie doll, set that bitch on fire. We'll talk to you next <laughs> week. Good night, John Weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night, Rhino. Hey.